0: OWC Radio No. 14, The Last Day of the Macworld Expo and The Aftermath. Everyone, Tim Robertson, OWC Radio. This is episode number 14 recorded on Tuesday, February 16th, 2010. The Macworld Expo ended on Saturday, and I fully intended to have this episode uh, released and into your iPods and your iTunes on Saturday. Kind of ran into a problem though. Also on Saturday was Uh, My gig on the main stage from 5 to 6, which went well, and you're going to hear that in a minute. Well, I think it went well. It's for you to decide. And the problem is between 5 and 6, that's the last hour of the expo. And at 6 o'clock, everything basically stops, including the ability to use the media room, which is where during the Macworld Expos, I sit and use the uh, stable and fast Internet connection to put the shows together. What I've been doing for years and years. During the expo, the Wi Fi in hotels <laughs> is pretty much non existent. So I usually go to the media room, sit down and put the shows together, get them uploaded, get all the show notes together, that sort of thing. Well, when I came off the stage on Saturday, the union guys literally came up and started ripping up the carpet, tearing down booths. It was over, including closing the media room. So I literally had. No chance to get the, the show that I'm recording right now up and out. So, okay, so I fly home, uh, red-eye out Saturday night, which means I arrive at home around noon on Sunday. Now, here's one problem. I did not sleep at all. Well, maybe an hour or two a night in San Francisco at all. Um, once I'm actually asleep, I'm I'm usually a pretty heavy sleeper. But actually, falling asleep, I'm a very light sleeper, I guess you could say. Uh, sounds will keep me awake, and that's probably not a good trait when you're in downtown San Francisco, and dealing with, you know, honking horns, uh, the homeless screaming at the top of their lungs in the alley behind your window, um, delivery trucks at two a.m. dropping huge crates of what it sounds like, uh, delicate crystals and having them shatter all over the place. Probably not what happened, but this is what it sounded like at 2 in the morning. So usually I would fall asleep around two thirty, three o'clock in o'clock Pacific time and I would be up by 6. Not always, sometimes by 4. And remember, I didn't adjust to the time difference, so my biological clock is on East Coast time So I was always three hours later than what the actual time is. So if I wake up at 4 o'clock there, to me it's 7 o'clock in the morning. And I usually personally wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning or earlier. So I just – I didn't get any sleep. I did the very first night but I think that was because I was jet lagged and tired and I just basically hit the mattress and I was out. But after that, hmm, not so much. But that's fine. I could deal with that. Except by the time I got home Sunday, I was just fried is the only way I can describe it. Just burned out. Come to the office yesterday, Monday, fully intending to put this show together. And I had recorded the whole show while I was at the Macworld Expo on an M audio Track I'm sorry, I'm sorry, M Audio Micro Track Two. It's worked. it worked great during the show, by the way. But for whatever reason, uh, all but two things on it from the last day, is completely corrupt. I've tried everything to rescue the files. I don't know what happened. I've never had a problem like this with the MicroTrack 2 before. But the only thing I got from it um, that's really usable was my visit to the OWC booth on Saturday. So at least I got that, and I'm happy with that because uh, Grant's on there. And we talk about you know, plans for next year and how the show went, that sort of thing. The crowds on Saturday were significantly less than on Thursday and Friday, but still for a Saturday day at the expo, it it was very impressive. I have to say that the entire week, number one, I had a great time. Uh, Number two, I got a lot done um, talking to a lot of different vendors and probably more important for me and this podcast, making a lot of new connections with a lot of new people that I think is going to pay off in the long run. As far as having people on the show, um, a lot of interest on a lot of other people's part about having me come on their show, which is good because I can promote OWC Radio uh, there and they can promote their show here, that sort of thing. So it went really well. It was a great week. Um, unfortunately, I, you know, I just lost a lot of the files that I had recorded on Sunday. But maybe that's for the best because I do have all the audio from my main stage appearance on Saturday. And like I said, that was from five to six. Most of the crowd had by five o'clock is, is gone, but we still had a pretty good crowd uh, in the, in the audience there. And I invited a lot of um, other podcasters and, and that sort of thing, because I told them I wanted to do, I had completely changed what that show was going to be on the main stage. And, it kind of turned into more of a uh, interview-slash-celebration of Macworld Expo. Um, and I had Grant come up on the stage with me. Uh, I had Paul Kent. You'll hear him. Paul Kent is basically the general manager of the Macworld Expo. He's the guy in charge. He's the guy who puts everything together. Without Paul, there is no Macworld Expo. And I really wanted to uh, thank him on stage for literally the last year of very hard work and very trying times. And I think Paul did a fantastic job, and he's to be commended, and I did. So I'm going to uh, drop the two audio files in here. The first thing you're going to hear is uh, my last visit to the Otherworld Computing booth on the showroom floor, which, by the way, was a really neat booth. You Go online and, and just do a search for OWC. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to put some pictures of our booth. I'm sure I have a few here. I'm going to put them up online at OWCRadio.com. It's going to be called Booth Pictures. Take a look at that. I'll do that maybe an hour after I get this show posted. And uh, it was really neat. It was a really crowded booth. Uh, I know Grant, Rick, and all those guys had a, a good time talking to everyone who came to the event and stopped by the booth, as did I. I can't tell you how many times I was stopped walking uh, You know, the showroom floor. People would stop me because they would see I had a shirt on that said Otherworld Computing. And they would want to stop and talk about the things they saw in the booth. Mostly, honestly, was that Enterprise SSD drive. Everybody was just so impressed with the speed test and how fast that machine booted up. If you haven't gone up to our YouTube channel, go up there and look at the SSD Enterprise class hard drive comparison. Uh, Grant and I actually did a video two weeks ago And the speed is just astonishing. It really, really is. Um, But the speed doesn't really give you the idea of how reliable this drive is. So go check that out. You can see that up online. It's on YouTube. Uh, Eventually here, hopefully this week, it'll be up on the OWC TV iTunes link. It's not live yet. I still have to create the page. But I've got two videos I'm going to put up there to get things rolling. And um, so you can check it out there. In the meantime, here's the audio files that are recorded from the Macworld Expo, first one again is going to be me at the OWC booth talking to Grant, and then the second one is going to be the audio, and I hope it comes out good because, you know, it's not recorded in a studio, and it's not recorded on a little personal recorder like the um, M-Audio Microtrack 2. This is literally on a stage microphone broadcasting out to the whole crowd, and we patched into the board, so we got the direct feed off the mic. Um But I tend to talk loud, and some of the guests don't. So I'm hoping that the audio quality is acceptable to you. In the meantime, I will be back later in the week, probably on Friday, to do another show. I'd like to get another interview lined up before then. Um, No plans yet, but if not, we'll just talk about the Mac News, what's going on at OWC, what's going on uh, maybe in your computing life. I'd really like feedback from you guys. That really helps, because... Quite honestly, while I'm recording the show like I am right now, I'm just sitting in the studio all by myself, and it would be great to be able to, you know, read some feedback from you guys, hear what you think about the show, uh, what your concerns are, that sort of thing. Different ways you can reach us? We do have a phone number. You can call that and leave a voice message. It's 1-801-938-5559. You can email us at podcast at sales.com. You can also record yourself on your iPhone and send that audio file to the same email address, podcast at maxsales.com. Or follow us up on the Twitter. It's twitter.com slash OWC radio. So let's get to the uh, files we recorded on Saturday. And uh, hopefully I'll hear some feedback from you guys. Take care. My first stop today is going to be back at the home base, Otherworld Computing, www.maxsales.com, of course. Grant Dalkey, everyone keeps seeing the shirts I'm wearing. As you can see, OWC, I'm wearing the blue. You guys are all wearing the red. But every time someone sees my shirt or they see my tag that says Otherworld Computing, I can I, it's got to be at least 30 people have stopped me to ask about that SSD drive it's it really seems to be very popular here
1: yeah it's people are just really wigging out over it they're just seeing the speed difference they're realizing that you know it kind of is like the fastest way to speed up your Mac uh, whether it be a Mac pro MacBook MacBook Pro. Um, you know they're really seeing that this is the performance upgrade of the future as well as today you put in more ram and an ssd and you've got a faster mac than than what's even offered on the market today i keep telling people though that if,
0: if you don't want to go the ssd route at least you can go with the 7200 rpm in a larger capacity drive and i said you know OWC, we can help you with that as well. Oh,
1: well, for sure. I mean, and, you know, speed is always speed. Going from that 54 to 7,200, you'll see a bump. The other thing that listeners should really look into is MaxSales.com slash MaxRAM. That's where we actually have memory configurations that if you were looking at what the Apple supports, like, for instance, some machines only say up to 4 gig, we actually have tested and confirmed, and that's what that MaxRAM certification page shows, that you can get up to 8 gigs. For instance, like the 8-core, I mean, machine uh from uh for the mac the mac pro uh apple only officially supports 16 we actually support 32 gigs you can put it in no kernel panics fully addressable so check out that page and really see how you can make your mac fly
0: Grant, what are you going to do when you get back to uh, home base? When you're when the MacWorld is over, any big plans? I'm thinking sleep for you.
1: Well, you know, th- th- we never rested. OWC, that's the problem. We're already working on an a endorsement deal with a major artist who's going to be endorsing our products. And uh, you're
0: you going to have to come back to tell us about. It? I know who it is, and we can't spill the beans yet, but. It's big news.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's uh, kind of music hall of fame kind of personality, and, you know, um, it's it's really a, 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 a testament to us as far as our approachability and, and our performance over the years. So we're pretty excited about that, and uh, there, it's going to be something to watch because there's going to be some cool product-related information on that announcement as well.
0: I've had people ask me because they see the OWC, and they said, Hey, you guys got a booth here? And I say, Yes, we do. And they say, Are you going to be back next year? And I say, That's not my business. That's not what the decisions I make. It's not you either. But I have to imagine, looking at the crowds, this is Saturday. I saw the crowd yesterday. I saw the crowds on Thursday. I don't know. What do you think? You think that that might be a possibility?
1: Well, right now I actually have six booths circled on the map as far as where I'd like to be for OWC for next year. And I saw the uh, layout. They're actually moving into the West Hall, so they're actually planning a bigger show right now. Uh, many more uh, ten by ten booths. They're not. It didn't look like as many pavilion type things. So the organizers are already looking at it and saying, "Wow, we, we actually have a bigger show." Um, it's really going to come down to the attendees. So listeners out there, you know, you really need to be very vocal and talk it up in the Mac community. With what you saw here at the show, are you coming back next year? Because the the crowds are really great here, but if it were to go maybe 50% less, then I would have to take a pause a little bit and say, hmm, but right now, if this is exactly how it'll be next year, we will be back here and
0: possibly even in a bigger way. Grant, please take care of your feet. You've been standing them on all day. When you get to the plane tonight, try to relax. And have a good rest of the show.
1: Uh, thank you, Tim. And, you know, we're, uh, we're just pleased to be here and uh, pleased to be part of the Mac community.
0: How's everyone doing? How many of you guys have sore feet? All right. His name is Grant Dalkey. He's from ODBC, and he's graciously volunteer to rub anybody's feet that's sore after this is over. I got that right? Got right. All right, we're, we're good. My name is Tim Robertson. I am, the. Yeah, well, you'd probably want to with her. Yeah. Right you know, <laughs> My name is Tim Robertson. I'm the host of OWC Radio. It's the official podcast for Otherworld Computing. Now, this isn't a big infomercial. We're not going to try to sell you a product, but there's a really cool thing that I wanted Grant to come up on stage and talk about today before we get on with the show. This show is going to be a celebration of Macworld. I've got a lot of friends out here in the audience. I see you over there, Victor. And I want to ask them and Chuck and Bill Palmer from BeatWeek Magazine what they thought of the show. But more importantly, I want to ask you guys what you guys thought of the show, what you saw out there was cool, and if you're coming back next year. But Grant, tell us about Otherworld Computing, what you guys are doing over there today.
1: Well, the big news here at the show is our SSD drive. It's the fastest solid-state
0: drive on the market. I I won't be mad if you take the mic from me and hold it.
1: (laughs) It's the fastest SSD on the market, and if you haven't had the chance to come over and see how it compares to a standard notebook drive, before you leave the show today, come on over. We have a test drive set up where you just it's blistering fast. It'll load five apps and reboot in 32 seconds, and if you watched the video that... Uh, Tim and I have created, the standard notebook does it in close to two minutes. So it's really like a modern-day processor upgrade when you put this SSD in your MacBook, MacBook Pro, and even a Mac Pro.
0: Grant, did you give everyone a little helicopter? I did. You know, does anybody not have a helicopter? You don't get a helicopter. <laughs> so this is Macworld 2010. This is the last show... On the main stage today, after this is over, go home because the show's closed. So I'm curious, how many people were here for just one day? How many for two days? How many was here the whole time? Most of you guys, then, were here for the entire show. I think that's really impressive, especially seeing it's only one of the hallways this year. But I was hoping that Paul Kent was here because Paul Kent from IDG is really... Is he here? Where is he? Hey, come on up here, Paul. Jeez. Please give Paul Kent a round of applause. If it wasn't for this man, Macworld Expo would not have happened this year. Paul, I have to ask you, I want your honest opinion. What was your favorite thing this year at the Macworld Expo? And you're going to take the mic from me. I'm not going to hold it for you. Well, uh, the show,
2: the be- there's too many good points. to Pick just one out. I, I think the best moment was on Thursday morning, when that stream started down the escalator and we knew what was gonna happen here that was gonna be pretty cool. So, you know, Tim, You've been a great supporter, giving me a lot of advice, you know, as many people have. So the biggest thing here is, this is a win for everybody. I think people who come to Macworld love Macworld. They want to come to Macworld. They enjoy coming here. You guys take your time, spend your money to come here, and we sincerely appreciate it. But the win that Macworld has now made that transition to being a show all about all the things you can do with your Apple products, that's the huge win. It's not a question of will Apple, won't Apple, you know, will we have another show, won't we have another show. It's all right now about what is the cool stuff being announced here what is the cool stuff that you guys can see and buy and that's the big win you know, we're back to talking just about great products and that's the best thing that we could have accomplished
0: <laughs> you know to me MacRoll has never been about Apple it's always been about the Apple ecosystem that surrounds the Macintosh and more importantly the Macintosh community so I'm so happy that everyone's here really I, I couldn't be happier myself Except for that guy right there. I. No, I'm kidding. So I want to get some opinions from you guys out there. And I want to start with this guy over here named Bill Palmer. By the way, Bill Palmer, he changed the name of his long-running publication. That's a very brave thing to do. Come over here, Bill. It was iProng Magazine. Uh, oh, thank you. And Bill changed it to Beatweek Magazine. So a little bit, tell us about Beatweek Magazine and what you're doing here at the expo.
3: Well, you know, we've been covering uh, the iPod since 2004 and the iPhone for as long as it existed. And we started dabbling in other things a few years ago music, podcasting, social media, Mac, laptops, all the stuff we like. And at some point, we realized we weren't dabbling anymore. And so we thought, well, we're going to keep that iPod and iPhone focus as strong as ever. But we, you know, we've become a well rounded publication. So let's have a name that's not limited to just people who are obsessed with the letter I, but people who use products with the letter I as a matter of course. Keep going. Well, what do you want me to say? Oh, what are we doing here? We're here to see, we came here to see you. Okay. I just got off a plane. No. We came to see the uh, iPhone and iPod products for the most part, uh, stuff that's debuting. Sometimes these things don't ship, but readers back home still like to know about what's coming, so they know whether to buy what's on the market now or wait a month for the next great thing that's uh, just about ready to ship. And uh, I thought the App Pavilion was, was the highlight here. A lot of iPhone batteries, uh, some innovation there, TV tied into a couple of them in different ways, but the App Pavilion, it was so annoying because you couldn't get to anyone. And I, I was really tempted to be kind of ticked off by that on the first day. I'm like, you can't get up there, you know. You, you, it's like being in a lollapalooza mosh pit. I'm not 20 anymore. And then I got almost near the end of the first day. I'm like, wait a minute, this is a good thing. This place is packed. It's packed. Yeah. What, what, what do you mean? I mean, you know, what do you, what do you mean there, there's any trouble? This, this is. Uh, I think it's a better show than last year. Yeah. And, then that, and that's nothing against Apple. It's just Apple didn't do anything last year when they were here. Hope I can. Hope I can. Hi, Steve. Um, <laughs> you know, Apple was. P- people came to see Apple, and Apple contributed nothing. A boring keynote, a, a, a booth that had nothing new. And um, you know, the people who came here this year came because they knew they wanted to see other Apple-related things. And so, it's the right audience for the right show. And the moves they made: the February, the Saturday, the the App Pavilion, the you know, the little two-inch-wide booth for the App Pavilion for for struggling developers who can't afford to do something like, like OWC has, who's been around for 20 years, most of it's worked. So I, I, I can't wait till next year. What about you? Oh, I can't wait for it. I'm ready to start next week.
0: My wife's not, but I am. So I'm kind of curious on how many people are planning on coming next year. I'm going to say a lot of them. Does anybody know the dates for next year? It's January 25th through the 29th? So mark that on your calendar, folks. I'm going to be here. I know a whole bunch of these people are. Um, I'm looking around. I'm kind of curious what you think of the Expo. You, right here. What's your name? Bill. All right, Bill. Ooh, martial arts. I'm standing back. He might kick me or
4: something. Bill, what did you think of the Expo, and what did you really like out here today? Well, um, I came not knowing what to expect. It was just I was a lot of the, a lot of emphasis was put on the iPod and the iPhone, and that that was okay. But I saw a lot of things that I could use in my business, and that was uh, just it was a lot of reproductive things. They weren't as as expensive as I thought they would. Max, Max
0: are not as expensive as most people, and they used to be way more expensive. They're really not now. It, it's
4: very affordable to get into the Macintosh. Yeah, and so I saw that when I say reproductive things like the membership cards. We use a lot of that at our schools and the DVDs and the uh, CD reproduction because that's what we do, techniques and all, and um, reproduce them in Massive for the four schools. And, and so I was excited about those things.
0: There was a lot of stuff that I saw on the showroom floor. Uh, probably the best thing was Dave Hamilton's dreamy eyes. See, I got you after all, didn't I, Dave? One of the things that I really like to do when I'm on the showroom floor is find developers that I've never seen before, and there was quite a few of them, and I'm kind of curious how many of these developers out here are going to be developing for the iPad. I personally am buying an iPad. I'm wondering how many of you guys are buying an iPad? Hmm. You're not going to buy an iPad? You're going to buy one? You're just too tired. You're like, I'm not raising my hand. He's going to buy one. You're going to buy one so you're his son he's okay i'm going to ask you then what do you want an ipad for what's the big use i'm going to wait and see uh what comes out and i was kind of disappointed today that they didn't have one on hand to you know show us basically what's going to be available it's kind of early i mean they're, they're still making these it, there's there's probably some bugs still they need to work out and they're not going to put a working model until they know it's going to be a hundred percent ready to go but from all the early reports, it's fast, it's super responsive. It's going to run all the iPod. You're going to get coughed on. It's okay. <laughs> it's an expo. Uh, it's going to be fast, super responsive. It's going to run all the iPhone software. Is that the big draw to you, or is it the physical unit itself? I think it's the physical unit itself. I mean, I'll probably use it uh, as a reader and you know, be able to download books and things. And we'll have to see what uh, what apps and stuff are what they develop for it. I'm not exactly sure what you know to expect. I, I, developers are going to have a field day with this thing. I think. I'm kind of curious on. Does anybody think that this is going to turn in the iPad Expo next year? How many how many vendors do you think are going to be here next year that's going to have iPad cases? How many of you guys were here for the big iPod craze when? This entire hall was nothing but iPad cases, or I'm sorry, iPhone cases and iPod cases, and everything's a case and a sticker. And I don't see that this year, and I'm kind of glad. There's a place for that, but I don't think it should be at an expo. The expo should be about the software developers. Great companies like Ifi. I'm going to say Otherworld Computing. I got to get the I got to get the plug in there. Peter Cohen, come here. Peter Cohen from the Loop. Loop in sight. What? Get Angry Mac bastards. Ow! Ah! Oh! Ah. So, Peter Cohen, turn around. Get you on video. <laughs> so, what did you find on the showroom floor this year, and what do you think about Mac this year?
5: Uh, what did I find on the showroom floor that really impressed me? Well, okay, uh, let me disclaim this because I, I was a judge for their, um, uh, their, their contest, their development contest, but Game Salad um, has some really cool technology. Game Salad um, is uh, a company that has tools that lets people who aren't developers make games for the iPhone and other platforms and the web and uh, publish them accordingly. They, these games are already available um, on the iPhone, but uh, you don't necessarily need a lot of development skill to do it. Um, and the games are very varied and really interesting. So, you know, being a game guy, that, that really excited me. And speaking of which, you know, Telltale Games, uh, their presence on the show floor is great because there are uh, um, a new presence in the Mac market, yet a time when uh, we've seen a lot of pullbacks. So that's good, too.
0: You've always been known as the Mac gaming god for years and years. And you kind of still are, I think. Well, you're a god to me, anyways. Do you think the the future of Mac gaming is big or not so big? Um,
5: I'd say the future of Mac gaming is probably consistent with what it is right now. Um, I don't see it growing in huge amounts simply because it doesn't seem like people who buy Macs buy as much software, third-party software, as they used to.
0: But now you look at the iPhone and you look at the upcoming iPad... That seems to be changing a lot. A lot more people are starting to get into third-party software.
5: Well, sure. I mean, you know, the, the, the availability of apps on the iPhone has made a lot of people a lot of money in that community,
0: for sure. Made a lot of people poor, too, like me. And me. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. You're going to cover the Expo next year, of course. Of course. It wouldn't be a party without me, so. I totally agree. Victor, come here. Victor, a typical Mac user... One of my favorite podcasts, typical Mac user podcast. But you also have a photography show now.
6: Yeah, typical Shutterbug for those people who are just like me, trying to get passionate about photography. You have a point and shoot. You don't need a $5,000 camera. You just want to shoot and learn. And so I started with the same principles when I switched. I want to learn, come along
0: for the ride, and I'll make some mistakes. So will you. So what? You know, I've, I was publishing my Mac magazine. I started it in 1995, and I just recently retired to do the OWC thing. So I've been in this industry for a long time in the Mac market, and I know a lot of people, I know a lot of developers, but you're recently a convert to the Mac within the last three years. What's it like coming in after the bad days? I mean, you weren't here like I was for the bad days, 97, 96, it was bleak. When you came in, it was all roses and everything was great. <laughs> Do you expect that to continue? We're in a recession, remember? Apple shouldn't be selling very many computers because they cost more, remember? Well, I, I think Apple does
6: such a good job of innovating that it makes us, uh, you know, stand up and take a look. And uh, the community aspect to me just has meant the world. Uh, I, was a, I started with typical PC user and when I switched, uh, a large reason was I never found a community in the PC world. Here, there was a group of people that were willing to teach me. I mean, I was the guy who thought Apple people are snobs. Apple software is expensive. I mean, I was that guy, you know? And then I... Thanks to Adam Christensen, who kind of showed me the way I was willing to dip my toe in the water. And then I found people that were willing to embrace me, teach me, show me the way. The first Macworld, you know, tell me what the full paws were. Um, and that's why I'm here, and that's why I stick around, because I like what we together do. So,
0: It's kind of fun for me, because my very first Macworld Expo, I got to attend because I'm broke most of the time and I couldn't go. I live in Michigan, so there was always a long flight. Well, was the Macworld Expo 2000. It was the first time that they showed Mac OS X, and it scared the crap out of me because I was an IT manager and I didn't want to relearn everything. But it was, a, it was a new beginning for the Macworld Expo, for me anyways. This Expo this year, 2010, I think is another new beginning.
6: Yeah, I think it is a new beginning, and I've seen products that I would not have normally have seen. I've seen speakers that, you know, Kevin Smith spoke, and Kevin Smith dropped the F-bomb lots I would have never have seen that before in the Macworld. Not not because I love cursing, but because the spirit that was brought along with that for the creatives and stuff, it was great. So I got to see things at this Macworld that weren't just all centered around the big apple in the sky. It was centered around the community, around new products, around finding that unique thing. Even if it wasn't sexy. One of my highlights of the show is right there, this iTouch touch gloves. You know, a product that is not sexy, that is not electronics, a product that they've taken fibers and they've made them so that if you live in Michigan, I live in Southern California I could really care less, but in Michigan that's huge and, and this is a technology that isn't sexy but if
0: you need it, there it is To me, that's I, I gotta say, don't lick your iPhone in the cold weather it's, it's not good, thanks Victor alright, come here Chuck I think one of the most respected guys podcasting today, Chuck Joyner I keep saying that and it embarrasses him every time Hey, thanks for coming up, by the way. I appreciate it. Chuck, you've been doing this for a lot of years. I'll say that. Enough. (laughs) Well, you know, you're (laughs) he started when he was three, and he's only 22 now. Uh, What's your impression of the Macworld Expo, and what do you think the future holds for this event?
7: Uh, Interesting question. I mean, first of all, this expo has been spectacular. You know, in spite of all the doom and gloom that we saw out there, which was ridiculous, all the uncertainty, which was probably legitimate, this has been a success by any measure the future? You know, I'm a business guy, so I look at this as it's got to be a going concern for IDG. As much as we all talk about community and it means that much to all of us, uh, it's got to make sense for them. And that means it's got to make sense for the vendors because even even at the prices they charge, you know, us, we're not the ones that are putting this on. The vendors paying for the booths are. So it, it's, it's an interesting ecosystem. And you're not going to come without the vendors. They're not going to come without you. The vendors want the media. The media is not going to come without the vendors. It's, it, it's crazy. So I, I think that looking around, every vendor I've talked to has been really, really pleased. I haven't heard anyone that wasn't. Are you pleased, Grant? Are you pleased, Grant? Yeah. I think that, uh, and in fact, I've talked to a number that have already re-signed up, which is really, really nice to see. Um, and I think it's, it's kind of our, our mission to go out and say this was a success. And if you weren't here as an exhibitor, we missed you. You missed an opportunity to connect with us. You know, we, we will be there next year. We hope to see you there next year. And that supports the whole ecosystem. Because as someone who co- came and tried to cover the show, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to add as much value by giving the coverage that they want. That's my part of the ecosystem. And that's, that's the way I see it. I think there's no reason that we shouldn't see a Macworld 2011 that is bigger and better than this one.
0: All right, let's talk about Mac Voices a little bit. Because you're not just doing audio. You're doing video. Now, it's really hard to shoot video here, go in the press room, edit it, and get it posted. So a lot of the stuff that you're filming now is going to show up in the weeks to come. What can the viewers look forward to in the weeks to come from you? They can look forward
7: to seeing uh, principally interviews with a lot of the cool stuff here. You know, I'd love to tell you I got to every, every booth with every, uh, every cool thing. It's just not possible. So we tried to hit the ones where, where I thought they were interesting. And, of course, I'm famous for saying what interests me may not interest him at all. But we got a lot of coverage uh, of them talking about it. We try to make it almost a virtual Mac world where we stop by, we have a a five to 15-minute conversation with someone, let them show us what they do, and then we move on so they can move on and talk to other people. We don't do an in-depth situation. We've also been talking to some of the personalities in the Mac community as well, because those are the people you hear from throughout the year. You read their stuff, we want to put a face with that and let you uh, see what they're really like in this environment. So you can, you can check out Mac Voices TV Macvoices.tv, excuse me, for all of that. and you're right. You know editing it on the fly, It's better to get the content here, go to the parties at night, get two hours of sleep and come down and do it again the next day.:
0: It's because you're a party animal Chuck. We know we, you're a party animal. Come on. <laughs> no, you know, and I think it's hard for us as content providers. We usually work in a vacuum. We're in an office in front of our computer, and we're producing content. But then we come to an event like this, and you see the, the ecosystem that we're representing when we're doing our shows. When we're talking, there's nobody there in front of us. We come here, and you have people come up to you and say, hey, I really like your show. Thanks a lot. How do you, does that mean a lot to you or is it kind of freak you out a little bit that you're not talking into a vacuum? Yeah, both. I yeah. mean, you see the
7: download numbers, you get emails from people, you trade those things, but it is a little bit different to have someone come up. In fact, we were having lunch and someone saw the tag and came up and said, hey, I really love your show. We're, we're a strange bunch because you're right, we sit alone in yeah. a room a lot of times and it's sometimes surprising to find out that, that some of you are really listening. Thank you. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. So, yeah, th- this is just a blast. There's one other point, though, that I want to make, um, and, and it goes to the community part. I haven't shaken hands with many people here this week. I've gotten a lot of hugs and given a lot of hugs. That's what this place is like. That's what this community is like. Every year you see people and, you, you know, you just, you're so glad to see them. You spend a few days and then we all go back to whatever it is we do looking forward to the next year. So it is something magic. People that aren't part of the community think we're insane I take my vacation from my office to come here and spend three days in a hole in the ground in San Francisco. And I can't wait to do it again next year.
0: (laughs) My wife doesn't really prefer me leaving for a week to come here. I've got four kids. And uh, the little one is little Mac Daddy, by the way. We even have a shirt for him. And they're all Mac users. It it amazes me that I have a six-year-old daughter who can sit in front of a Macintosh and just start using it. She has no fear. When I was six years old... Well, there really wasn't computers really then. But still, there's no way I would have embraced that technology. I think with this new iPad, my two-year-old who's already punching my iPhone. How many of you have little kids and an iPhone? A couple of you. I bet. Do you let him touch it? No. Come on. no. Oh, he does, doesn't he? And he loves it. And he already knows. I have a two-year-old son just turned two. Chuck already knows how to flick to the next picture. And that's the... The power and the ease of use that Apple technology has given us, and when I hear like Victor was saying, PC users tend to think, "Oh, there's an arrogance with Mac users." I don't think there. I've never seen arrogant Mac users. Well, maybe during the whole evangelist thing, but that's that's a different story. I don't see it anymore. I see it as not even just the creative type. That was the stereotype for a long time. Mac user, the the creatives, and they do graphic design, and I don't think that's true. I think Mac users are just like anybody else, except we maybe have good taste.
7: Yeah, there's that. I think there's one other thing, though, because I know I experience it occasionally. I think we get frustrated. We get frustrated with those characterizations that have been around for so long that we're still, you know, still guilty of. In fact, I ran into it a couple weeks ago. Somebody said, oh, you have a Mac. You know, well, that's just for people that you know, draw pictures and do that Photoshop thing. And You know, that's when I guess we do sound arrogant because you just you can't help it. You have to look at them and say, "No, you're wrong." You know, there every every single productivity app you can name is on a Mac that you're going to ever need, and so that may come across as arrogance. If it does, you know, maybe we need to apologize. But we're out there correcting ignorance and and misunderstandings. Incoming. (laughs) Incoming.
0: (laughs) Duck and cover. Dave Hamilton does one of my favorite podcasts. Come up here, Dave. Thanks, Chuck. I appreciate it. Thanks for videotaping. I really appreciate it. I don't know how you have enough hours in the day, Dave Hamilton, to come up with all the answers to the wide variety of technical questions from hardware to software to iPhone-related to cloud computing, but you always come up with the
8: answers. You are magic. How do you do that? Well, see, the beautiful thing is we get the questions in, right? People email them to us, and, and then we get to research the answer before the show, but it takes time, right? See, so what we do is we don't take that time. We just answer on the show. But the nice part is they're not there to tell us that our answers are completely made up and, and we sound really smart and then we move on. And uh, no, we, we do take time to research and, and answer those questions. And, uh, you know, we, we do it regularly enough, we've done it long enough that. A lot of the answers do come pretty quickly and pretty automatically. But, but there are some that take some time to research. And, you know, it's a, it's a good thing to do that. I mean, it, it, it helps us flex that muscle in our, in our, in our heads and, and prepares us for the next question. And, you know, so that, it, no, it's, it's, it does take time, but it's worth it. Now, a lot
0: of the podcasters out there do this as a hobby. A lot of the Mac websites that we all like to go to is hobby. You know, it's not the thing that we do full time. You, on the other hand, has made your career around this entire industry. So you've seen in the really bad days, and you see the really good days. Are you pessimistic about the future? Or will you tell me, what do you think is going to happen here in the future? We're in a recession. People are not buying expensive Macs, except they sold more than ever. Wait, that's not right, is it? I don't know how that works. How is it that we're in a recession and yet they're selling more Macs? That's not right.
8: Well, you know, I, I, I have to give credit to Pat Mann for, for this answer, and I think he walked away. <clears throat> but he he pointed out, he said, you know, in, in a recession, entertainment and then a couple other things like alcohol and, and, and that sort of thing do very well. And, you know, if you, if your entertainment for you is using your Mac or, or or that sort of thing, well, then, you know, you are going are gonna to go out and invest in that. And... In a recession, you're going to be very careful about the dollars you spend. You're going to make sure that you spend money on things that are quality, well-made, and that are going to last for you and going to do what you want. You can't afford to replace your computer every nine months, so you've got to get something that you think is going to live with you for a while. And, and you know, he, he just said that to me while I was, you know, five minutes ago. I was standing there, and I was like, yeah, you know what? That makes good sense, so I'll, uh, I'll give him credit for that.
0: I would also say that I think Apple has a reputation for making computers that last a long time. I can't tell you how many times I go to someone's house that's a Mac user, and it's like, really, a Bondi Blue iMac? Yeah. And it's still working fine. It's, it's usually full of dust because they don't vacuum the inside of it, but it's working great still. How often do you go over someone's house and see a 10-year-old Dell, and it's still going well?
8: Well, it depends on what that Dell's doing. I mean, is it sitting there kind of taking up space on the floor? Yeah, that's right. No, you're right. They don't, they don't tend to, to have a useful life for most people, um, and part of that's the software, right? I mean, it gets virus ridden and, and it, you just get sick and tired of cleaning it out and the spyware and this, that, and the other thing. So I, I think that does contribute to the max longevity because we don't have this scenario where you know, we need to reformat the drive every 12 months uh, or need to do a you know, major cleaning that if you're not technologically savvy you've got to pay a couple hundred bucks to have that done and you know at at some point putting two hundred dollars worth of some consultant's time into your computer to get it to where it where it can be at its best is better spent buying a new machine and so that's why those machines i think i really do think that's why they they don't last as long
0: thanks a lot i appreciate it themacobserver.com one of my favorite websites you know i get paid to podcasting now which is nice hi grant <laughs> uh, but I've always been conscious of what I say and not trying to push out too many opinions. But there's someone here who I think is fearless when it comes to podcasting. He's trying to hide back there. His name's Ken Ray. Come on over here, Ken. Come on, Ken. Does everybody know who Ken Ray is? Yes, of course. You're the big celebrity. Woo! Developers! <laughs> Did I drop something there? No. Okay, that's good You seem fearless, you seem to be the type of guy that You're going to give your opinion Whether it's the popular opinion or not And you're willing to live by your words Was this something that, you know Started when you started
9: the crack Or your parents kind of
0: instilled this into you
9: I don't think of myself as fearless at all I think you are Well, thanks I, it doesn't, I don't really know how to respond to that Honestly. I mean, it's, it, to me, it's sort of a news show, but I guess you are, you're putting out an opinion just by what you choose to cover, right? I think so. That's all I can think of. Well, I, I think it's that, but
0: when you're not afraid to say the unpopular opinion, and Macos Ken, you've always been unafraid, from what I hear, of I think this is crap, and I'm going to say it's crap, and maybe you just lost a potential advertiser, maybe someone wants to beat you up. Hi, Grant. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, But how long have you been in Mac OS Ken now,
9: and where do you go from here? Uh, Mac OS Ken actually turned four last month. Turned four years old last month, and I was podcasting for somebody else for about a half a year before that. One thousandth show is sometime next month, I think. Um, I'll have to go back and count. Thank you. Um, Where do you go from here? I don't know, man. I mean, as long as it it's still a tremendous amount of fun. I mean, it's it, it's it's turned into a job. So you know, not every day do you get up for any job and go, oh boy, I can't wait. You know, every single day. But it's a tremendous amount of fun. And what you were talking about, and what you and Chuck were talking about, people come up to you here yep. and say, I love what you do, and you're like, really? Because it's pretty much me and the cat in the daytime, you know. So it's 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 really awesome to. Uh, yeah, it's really awesome to have that too. You know, podcasting. We like to think
0: of it as we've been doing it for a long time. Quite honestly, podcasting didn't, wasn't invented until 2004. Do you think of yourself as a pioneer in a new media movement? Because let's be honest, I know you don't want to pat yourself on the back too much, Ken. I'll do it for you. But you are a pioneer. This is a revolution in entertainment. This is combining television like Chuck's doing, audio, A.E. radio like you're doing... They get to listen to it on their terms, when they want, where they want. They're not tied to the TV. They're not tied to the radio dial. I think, maybe not an entire chapter, but people are going to be writing about what you've done 20 years from now, that this was a revolution. We're still in the midst of it, so it's a little bit hard to see it, but you are one of the forerunners of this new media revolution. Do you think that this is, number one, do you think I'm right? And number two, maybe not about the writing, because I know I'm right there, Ken. They're going to write about you. Or do you think that we're just at the cusp of this, and where do you think all this new
9: media is going? That's a great question. Um, I don't think of myself as actually being on the forefront of it, because I saw other people do it. There was uh, um, um, Wizards of Technology with Bill Douthat. There was um, uh, the Madcast. I mean, there are people who, it's weird to think about it that way, because they were only... I think I started podcasting in May of 2005 for somebody else, and that six months, that six months is a lot of time, man.
0: It was a lot of time. I started at the very end of 2004 with the MyMac.com podcast, which, by the way, Guy Searle, and our absent, already on his way back to the UK, David Cohen, has graciously taken over that show. Thank you very much, Guy. I appreciate it, and you guys are doing a great job. Um, We have been doing this since the very beginning. Yes, the six months, Adam Curry and Dave Weiner started this whole thing, but there really wasn't a lot of ground laid in those six months. You are a pioneer in how you record your show. Do you have any big plans coming up about coverage, what you're going to be talking about soon?
9: I do not. No, whatever the news is. I mean, you know, iPad. It's going to be iPad for who knows how long at this point, and then it'll be um, hopefully somewhere between now and when we get the iPad. It's kind of interesting, though. Do you think they're going to update the laptop line before they do the iPad? Because that seems like it might suck a little bit of the air and a little bit of the money out. But people are waiting for that to happen right now and update to the Mac Pro. It's whatever happens. I mean, Chrome at the end of this year is going to go head-to-head with the iPad. And they don't look like the exact same thing and they don't seem like the exact same thing. But they're both trying to take away the idea of the several-thousand-dollar computer, right? Or even the thousand-dollar computer. So what's going to happen? I wait five minutes and, like... It's news, it just keeps happening. Here's the thing, the iPad isn't for you. And the iPad isn't for me. We're power users.
0: You still you can still have one. I'm not buying it though. And Bill Palmer, it's not for you, and Grant, it's really not for you. Who the iPad for is for is my mom. My mom is handicapped, she can't move her right arm or her left arm. She's scared to death of technology. She'll never buy a computer because the keyboard Just freaks her out, and she can only use it with one hand. And when you really think about it, how do you mouse and type? And it's just too much for her. This is a device that we can set it up, and she can literally push buttons. I can buy prepaid 3G wireless coverage so she doesn't have another bill. It's relatively inexpensive. And I can start sending her email. More importantly, I can start sending her pictures. She can do stuff online. She can go to the Google, as she calls it. What is this, the Google? That's who that computer is for. And it's also going to be a way that they're going to be able to listen to you. You can finally start sharing your content with your parents, your parents' generation, those kind of people. And I think that's where this whole new media thing that we've invented four years, well, what is it now, five years ago, six years ago, six years ago that we invented and we're just running with it, that's where it's going. That's the way we're going to get this content to that generation that's scared of technology even to this day. Except for him, he's not scared at all. Look at him, he's fearless. <laughs> he's fearless. So do you, think that's, do you think that's what the
9: iPad's for? Sure. Why not? I mean, the, the one thing when you talk about new media, though, I mean, what is everything, is getting so, everything gets so fractured. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to say, here's where we get to do this. I mean, Leo for years has has railed about the fact that uh, Apple sort of owns iTunes. I love the fact that Apple owns iTunes. That works for me in a huge way and a lot of people that I know, too. Um, so you kind of hope they win because at least there's one place that people can go. It is in iTunes at that point. It will be interesting to see as more tablet devices come on, as Google Chrome comes on, where does it go? I mean, I, the one thing that's... It's interesting that... The one thing that people are going to have to do is sort of readjust their idea of what success is. I'm really glad for Twit and what they've been able to do. Leo, two years ago at this show, or three years ago at this show, was saying there will never be anything to podcasting, there will never be any money to it. Some podcasters have had to sort of readjust what their idea of success or whatever. I don't know. Where does it go? Dude, ask me again in a year. It could be completely different by then. I didn't think it would last for four years, so I'm okay.
0: Here, here's the weird thing for me. I was doing the independent thing for a long time with MyMac.com, and now I'm doing this thing called OWC Radio. I've had to explain this to people because they think, OK, you're working with otherworld computing. They're a product vendor. So is your show nothing about, or is your show only about their products? And I say, "No, because nobody's going to download an infomercial. Nobody's going to download
9: it. And I
0: try to explain it's like having a show but with just one advertiser.
9: It's like the um, I, what I used to think years ago, and I really hope this will happen at some point, I, it, it, Texaco Star Theater. Um, Milton Bro was not doing a show about Texaco. Texaco was the was the sponsor of the show, right? OWC is the sponsor of your show. I would, if anybody's listening, Coke Zero. I want Coke Zero. <laughs> I want Coke Zero to present Mac OS Ken because I've been to France, and you can get Coke Zero everywhere there. There's no place that I go that they would not be a welcome advertiser. And I'd happily put, I'd wear their (laughs) T-shirt. Everywhere. And you'd even drink the product. I I do drink the product. So, yeah, absolutely. That's why I want them. That's why I'm not saying, yeah, I want tab. You don't want tab. Nobody wants tab. Macos Ken, is this
0: podcast. Thanks very much for coming up, Ken. Once again, before I close up here, if you haven't listened to OWC Radio, and guess what the uh, URL is? It's pretty easy to figure out. We release a show once or twice a week. I like to do interviews. And when I do interviews, they're very similar to what I just did here, where it's not strictly questions and answers. We do this thing called this or that, where I give the guests an option. I could say black and white, and you have to say, oh, white. Why? Because my car is white. So I'm going to do a little bit of that with you guys sitting right here and over here. I'm going to give you a choice, and you can elaborate on what it is. There's no right, no wrong answers. And I'm going to start, come here, I'm going to start with Neil Tickton, MacTech Magazine, awesome magazine, by the way. Thank you, thank you. you got some new things coming up. Can you announce anything yet? or is?
10: Yeah. So we have a couple things. We did a new MacTech website um, just this last weekend, and it has some new scanners built into it. So if there's a new scanner, a rumor scanner, and a documentation scanner, and we're scanning some of the best websites out on the Mac and in the Apple market, and bringing it so that people have one place that they can see stuff. There, we're good. Uh, Okay. uh, Second thing we did was we announced this incredible, or released this incredibly full set of benchmarks on virtualization between VMware Fusion and Parallels Desktop 5, and did a big shootout between them, 3,500 tests, many of which with a stopwatch. Um, looking at 3D graphics, games, the whole nine yards, really cool stuff. Um, that's up on the Mac Tech website right now that awesome. people can take a look at. And the third thing is we announced that we have a new brand called MacNews.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've acquired uh, the Maximum News website. and Dennis Sellers no, and his team. No, that's
0: one of my favorites. Don't ruin He's it. He's
10: coming over to Mac News. Don't ruin it. He's coming over to Mac News. Okay, You're going to love yes, it. So He's then. just good. All right, good. So when we launch it, it's in preview right now, macnews.com. And when we launch it, it will have 70,000 articles in the archives dating back to 1996. So a new name, 14-year heritage. And um, that's about it. All right, let me do a quick this or that with
0: you. And you can elaborate on the answer. Desktop. Oh, look, everyone's looking at my family photos, aren't they? She Isn't she cute? Desktop or
10: laptop? I'm big on laptop, but I think the iPad's going to take a big piece of that. Do you think? Well, okay, wait a minute then. Is the iPad more of a
0: laptop or more of a
10: desktop? I think the iPad is a new category. Is it? I think that the iPad is going to be a, a place that people can consume media and all kinds of information, and to use it with this really innovative pointer called your finger. And that instead of dealing with a pointing device like a trackpad or a mouse or whatever the case may be, they can do something in a much more natural way than they ever have. And there's certain things that are going to work much better on the iPad than work on a laptop or a desktop machine. And they're certainly going to work better than doing a mobile phone. And it's the in-between kind of category. And I think it's exactly what people are, are, I think that's the way people will look at it. But right now it's laptop for you. Oh, yeah. It's been a laptop for me for as long as I can remember.
0: You're, you're on the go. You're a busy guy, Neil. I just plug in a
10: monitor when I'm at the other end, you know, and there you go.
0: Mac Tech Magazine, awesome publication. Thanks a lot, Neil. All right, I'm going to ask you, chocolate or vanilla?
4: Chocolate. Really? Not vanilla? No.
0: So you're, going, you're sticking with chocolate? Yes. Now, when I say chocolate or vanilla, what immediately comes to me? Are you thinking ice cream? No. You're not thinking hamburgers? No. Okay, I'm going to leave it at that then. You sure it's not vanilla? Okay. You got me again. (laughs) I'm going to ask you. Hmm. Safari or Firefox? Um, Safari. Why? Because it comes with it? Or have you tried Firefox? Or is that just the one that you prefer? (laughs)
4: I've tried Firefox, I don't understand it It kind of confuses me And it's just so easy to go back to Safari <laughs> yeah. I agree with you
0: Safari is just That's what I use by the way Alright, a couple more I want to ask Grant Everyone wants to know This is an important one by the way And this is going in the podcast for sure You ready? Boxers or briefs? Briefs all the way baby Thought he was going to say commando all right, Bell Palmer. Never mind. I don't want to know. So my name is Tim Robertson. Please check out www.owcradio.com. It's a free podcast. comes out once or twice a week. You can find it in iTunes. We also have OWC TV, which is installation video. So if you have a Mac, a desktop, a new one, an old one, a desktop, a laptop, in iTunes, if you want to upgrade your memory, your hard drive, we provide free... That's right, F-R-E-E, free installation videos. You can download them at your convenience. Just check them out on iTunes. Thanks a lot for being here. Appreciate it.